0: What an exciting day, folks. Today marks the 10th episode of the Switched Podcast. I've had so much fun making this podcast, and even though episodes like the last one were just absolute fucking trash, it's been so fun to just sit down while I'm in the car and record myself yelling into my cell phone. And honestly, it's just been a real ride. Uh, Here on the 10th episode of the Switch Podcast, I got a real, real special one for you. I'm honestly just surprised that we made it to 10 episodes, and hopefully I keep going after this. We'll see if I do, we'll see if I don't. It's been very inconsistent. I know there was like maybe the first four episodes all came out one week after another like I wanted it to, but then after that it sort of dropped off because of the virus. Uh, But we are in full swing now. Um, making episodes whenever I feel like it. And we made it to the 10th one, guys. So that's pretty awesome. Today's episode, like I said a second ago, is going to be a real treat. We're going to go through my history of YouTube. And all of that's going to culminate into, uh, just me sort of talking about what kind of YouTubers I was watching and what kind of YouTubers I watch now and, uh, kind of like basically me interacting with the YouTube space over the years, whether it be making videos, watching videos, um, or otherwise, and then it's all going to culminate into a story about how I managed to get a developer to send me a copy of a video game with my small ass, like, literally four of my friends watching my YouTube channel audience. I managed to get a game developer to send me a free product key for one of their games. So, uh, yeah, you'll definitely not want to miss that one, so stay tuned for this episode of the Switched Podcast, where we talk about YouTube. Alright, folks. Come with me, if you will, back in time to the year 2013. I was in middle school uh, in a big city. I had moved from a small town that I'd lived in all my life to a big city. Um, And a year later, I would move back out of that big city and into yet another small town to finish out my schooling for high school. Um, And for that year that I was in the big city... Uh, I was actually pretty capable of making friends, surprisingly. For those of you who never got the chance to grow up and live in a big city while also going to public school, you'll end up finding so many people who have the same, uh, who have the same interests as you and enjoy the same things as you do. And, uh, one of those people for me when I was in middle school in the city, uh, was my friend Logan, we, uh, we hit it off through a mutual friend, and then the mutual friend moved away, and I stopped being friends with him. My friend Logan never stopped being friends with him, but I did, and then me and Logan's friendship went on to far surpass anything that a, me and that mutual friend ever had, um, but we had a lot of the same interests. We were both interested in Minecraft, uh, Call callback to the Minecraft episode from a couple episodes ago. Uh, and we were both interested in a lot of different stuff. Um, and I remember around that time, we both would ride the, the school bus um, from the same sort of area that we lived in uh, to our public school that we went to in the city. And when we became friends, we started sitting together on the bus. And around that time, the epic rap battles of history before uh, Doc Brown versus Doctor Who came out. And we binge-watched that video over and over and over again for like a month straight while we were riding on the bus to school. And uh, that story is important because my friend Logan was super obsessed with Doctor Who. He was a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, and I, on the other hand, have never seen Doctor Who. Even to this day, I've never seen Doctor Who. Uh, so he was so obsessed with Doctor Who, and meanwhile, uh, the big thing that I was obsessed with was, of course, The Legend of Zelda, and, uh, there was a summer, and this was the summer right before I moved away from the city, uh, where we were hanging out, and I, we were walking to the library in the city, and I put forward the idea, uh, to start a YouTube channel, or I guess he did, one of us did. And we decided to start a YouTube channel together. And that YouTube channel was none other than Hoovian and Hyrulean. And uh, that was my first YouTube channel. And it was started in October of 2013. uh, After after the summer, obviously. Uh, It was started in the school year following that summer, I should mention. Uh, But... Yeah, we decided to go ahead and make a joint YouTube channel, the two of us together, and upload videos that we recorded together and separately, and all in all, we just thought it was a really good idea, and we thought it'd be something fun to do together, uh, to even further our friendship and have a lot of fun, and it was, uh, the first probably four months of our time making that YouTube channel together, it was only him uploading videos, there was not a single video by me until February of 2014 uh, when I uploaded two videos. Uh, one was a Minecraft animation video intro for our YouTube channel. And the other was a, uh, an, a Let's Play video where I played this video game... Uh, for the computer. You might have heard of it. It's called Powder Toy. If you haven't, you should go check it out. It's pretty fun still. Uh it's really something. I tell you what. It's basically one of those games like this is sand or the sandbox or those kind of games uh where you like click and there's 2D physics and you drop these elements and they uh react to one another. And basically my first ever gameplay video on YouTube because I said already in this podcast my first ever YouTube video ever was a Minecraft animation that I made that was an intro to our YouTube channel um but my second ever video my first ever let's play video was a let's play video of this powder toy game and it was called Hyrulean Plays Powder Toy Let's Build a Bomb (laughs) and I recorded it at my grandparents' house on their Windows Vista computer, which I talked about as well in the Minecraft episode. Uh, And basically, Powder Toy was a fairly advanced simulation for the time in terms of uh, calculating how these different elements placed throughout the scene would react with each other and stuff like that. And uh, it barely ran on their computer. So whenever I recorded Powder Toy... There's an FPS counter in the bottom corner of the video. And you can literally see it's running at like maybe 10 FPS, 20 FPS throughout the video. And then once I actually start off the bomb, it dips all the way down to 5 and then 0 and 5 and 0. It's, it's honestly an awful video. And I was recording it in the living room uh, with a microphone uh, that was bundled in with a karaoke Naked Brothers band game. Uh, and you can hear my brothers and my grandparents in the background. And that was my first ever Let's Play video on YouTube. And I tell you, once I uploaded it, I was so proud of it. It was really something. And uh, from there, the Huvian and Hyrulean channel truly became Huvian and Hyrulean. Uh, and it really started kicking off from there. We recorded Minecraft videos. A lot of those were either recorded on... Uh, my grandparents' computer, or once after I moved, I started walking to the library, and I would talk to him on on Teamspeak on my phone, and play Minecraft with him on the library computers. Um, again, I talked about Minecraft in the Minecraft episode, so if you want to hear more about my time playing Minecraft, go check out that episode. But yeah, I uh, even while I moved out of the city for the first year. Uh, I was actually still going to school with Logan, but after that year and when I moved into high school, I actually did end up switching schools, um, and me and Logan stopped going to school together, which was a pretty big adjustment for us and probably one of the first, like, contributing factors to what made us stop doing the YouTube channel together, uh, But, one of the things that really benefited us doing the YouTube channel together was my new school provided every student with a Macbook Air. And I got to record a shit ton of videos on my Macbook Air. I remember I recorded so much Minecraft, I recorded Garry's Mod for the first time, I'm pretty sure I even recorded a bit of Skyrim running on a Macbook. Uh, because, like I said in another previous episode, me and one of my friends, uh, that I'm really good friends with nowadays, Ethan, uh, actually became friends over us, uh, riding the bus together, and he saw me playing Skyrim on my MacBook Air, and he was just like, what the fuck, and, uh, we became buddies over it, but, yeah, we, I use the MacBook Airs to do all sorts of stuff for YouTube, and, uh, record a lot of videos for the Hoovy and Hyrulean channel, um, and then shortly after that started, I also got that computer that I talked about in the Minecraft episode where I spent $300 on it and got super ripped off, um, <laughs> and that one I edited a lot of the, I edited and recorded a lot of the, um, pixelated horror game videos that I did on, and a couple of Super Mario World videos, which were really fun to make, and just a lot of my videos were edited and created on there um, until I switched over to using iMovie on my MacBook Air from school and that was the Huvian Hyrulean era next I'd like to get into uh, what actually led into the demise of Hoovian and Hyrulean and what made me start my own solo project Before I get into the death of Whovian and Hyrulean, uh, really quickly I wanted to talk about uh, the time that having a shitty small YouTube channel actually got me a press copy of a game for free. Um, I was super huge into bridge building games when I was in middle school, and uh, I would always go looking for new games in that genre. And I heard of an indie game that got announced um, by a small company that's company name has like a cactus in it or something like that i honestly don't remember it and i apologize for that um but either way i'm going to say you guys should go buy the game here in a second anyway so i don't think it's that big of a deal uh but there was a company um that made this game called poly bridge and poly bridge um was basically hands down the best bridge building game up to that point that had released and it was super great and it got announced and there was a trailer for it and I was super hyped to play it and it was soon to be released on Steam. The problem was I was a broke child and uh my Steam account was very small at the time. Um I only had a couple free games and I mainly just used it to play like the occasional round of TF2 or to pick up the free games that were listed every once in a while. It was not the collection it is today. Um So... I did not have money to play PolyBridge. Well, in the trailer, I saw that there was a, a card at the end that said um, submit an application to get a press copy of the game. And what a press copy is, is basically it's a free copy of the game that they send to you in order to review the game and give them your feedback. And I submitted an application to get one for PolyBridge, and at the time... Um, the Huvian Hyrulean YouTube channel was probably at like 80 subscribers and I submitted an application and it was accepted. This company, God, I need to look up their name. They were so nice. They sent me an email and it said like, Hey, um, we normally don't give out press copies of games, uh, our games to YouTubers, the small, um, but since we are trying to launch a new series here. Um, We're going to go ahead and do it. So here's a key for the game. Enjoy. And they gave me a free copy of Polybridge. Polybridge later launched at the price of $10, which is not too much. And honestly, it's easy to see why they would give me a free copy of the game if it was only going to cost $10. But they still did. I was a small, tiny little YouTube channel of 80 80 subscribers and it just makes me laugh so hard to this day that there was some like somebody at this company had to go sit down and look through my old cringy YouTube videos and then decided well fuck I got like a hundred of these keys to give away we'll give one to this little middle school kid who submitted an application and went through the effort of filling it all out and that is how I got a free copy of Polybridge for PC Um, And it was just the best feeling. I got a game for free For being a youtuber and I felt so cool when that happened and it was the best It was seriously the best feeling that I ever had in all my time doing YouTube Um, and it was just so cool. It was literally so cool and I still sit back on it today and I'm like thinking about it One of my favorite youtubers the Yogg's cast member Sips got a copy of poly bridge for free and so did I At some point, I was on the same list of, like, press that received copies of Polybridge as Sips was, and that just felt so cool to me. Um, And, of course, recently the same company uh, launched Polybridge 2, um, and I did not cheat my way into getting a free copy of that game. I actually went out and bought the game because I felt bad that I got it for free when I was in middle school. Um, So I did go purchase a copy of PolyBridge 2, as I recommend everybody in this uh, podcast audience does. PolyBridge 2 um, is just basically more of PolyBridge 1, but if you want some really solid bridge-building fun with lots of interesting physics and challenges and Steam Workshop support and Twitch integration and lots of cool stuff... You should definitely go check out PolyBridge, too. It's probably, hands down, the best bridge builder I've ever played. It has a perfect balance of arcadiness and realism, and I really, really like it. Um, And the devs gave me a free product key for the original PolyBridge when I was in middle school, all because I filled out a press copy application for my tiny YouTube channel of 80 subscribers. Seriously one of my favorite stories to tell and basically that story is the inspiration for this episode of the podcast it was such a fun moment and it made me feel like one of the big boys for like a split second and I'm so grateful to the poly De- the poly bridge devs for doing that for me it's seriously the best polybridge bridge devs if you're listening to this you guys rock keep doing what you're doing and thank you for making a little middle school student so happy. <laughs> Alright, back to the death of Huvi and Hyrulean. So the death of Huvi and Hyrulean. It's not really a death as much as it is um, us mutually deciding that, uh, honestly, we just couldn't record together enough anymore to justify having a joint YouTube channel anymore. Uh I remember we used to play Town of Salem and Minecraft and all these games together so often. Um but then there became a point in time where it was mostly just him recording his things and me recording my things. I remember he recorded some Minecraft videos on his own. He recorded a Skyrim let's play uh and uh I recorded a Sims let's play where I recreated all of my friends in The Sims, and I pretended I was hanging out with them because I couldn't actually hang out with them, Uh, and I played some different uh, solo game stuff, Um, and we just basically did not have matching schedules. It got to the point where he was busy with his after-school activities, and I had none, but... We just, we were never free at the same time, so we could never record videos at the same time, and, uh, and this eventually led to me deciding, I was actually the one who decided uh, that maybe we should uh, split up our joint channel, and I decided to just let him have the channel and rebrand it as his own thing and I decided to go start my own thing as the Hats of Hyrule YouTube channel, and uh, I remember I made probably one of my favorite videos, and one of the most in-depth editing videos I ever did. Um, Basically, I made a video explaining why we decided to stop our joint channel, and it ended with an animation that showed, like, that scene from the Titanic, uh, where Jack's slipping into the ocean, uh, and I'm Rose, and my friend Logan slash and is Jack, and he's slipping into the ocean, and I'm just like, don't let go, oh my god, that video was so fun to make, but it literally took, like, hours to face track our Minecraft character's faces onto the characters from Titanic by hand, and, uh, it was really something, and now you can do that kind of shit by just tapping and holding on a, a sticker on Snapchat, which, (laughs) it just shows how far technology has come, but, uh, there was never any bad blood between me and Whovian, um, we just sort of never had time to record anything together, and honestly, after I moved away, our paths just divided very harshly, and I'm actually quite sad about it in hindsight. And I really miss having him around as a, a friend, and literally living, you know, down the street from him and being able to go and talk with him about games and all that stuff. I miss having him around, and uh, it was really, it was really fun doing the YouTube channel with him. I just, I knew uh, it'd probably be better suited to just have our own separate things, and also a lot of other stuff that went into that included stuff like, uh, we both were playing Gary's Mod, he was playing Trouble in Terrorist Town, and, uh, Prop Hunt, and we played a little bit of Prop Hunt together, but he was mostly doing, like, Gary's Mod stuff by himself, well, I was also doing Gary's Mod stuff by my own self, where I was doing these, uh, more scripted, uh, scenario type videos i call them the gary's mod scenario series you guys should definitely go check those out they're really old and cringy uh and those videos were where i like sort of scripted out these different events and i played them out in the game and i i basically stole the idea from the venturian tale youtube channel if any of you guys remember that one uh, very old YouTube channel that did all Gary's Mod videos that were so entertaining to me as a kid But now they're like so dumb to me as an adult uh, And I don't know if they're still around or not. I honestly haven't checked in so long, but I basically ripped off their format of themed uh, Scenario videos except instead of doing it with multiple people and friends I did it by myself and I was all the characters and I did voices and it was really fun, but Me and Logan were both doing Gary's Mod videos, and I thought that that would get confusing. And in addition to that, I remember I started playing Skyrim as well, um, because I decided it'd be fun to do a a Skyrim collection series where I was collecting these artifacts in the game uh, from a Zelda mod for Skyrim. Uh, I definitely recommend you guys check this out. Uh, if you're into Skyrim and you're into Zelda like I am. It's called Relics of Hyrule, and it's a really, really excellent uh, mod. It's actually, like, it's straight up called a DLC-sized Zelda mod for Skyrim, and it really is. There's all sorts of different areas that are new. There's new weapons. And he converted all these, like, Zelda-themed items into Skyrim, and thematically they actually fit into the lore And he talks... He created his own, like, sub-lore for Skyrim, where basically he describes that the reason there's all these Zelda items uh, in existence in Skyrim is because Skyrim and Tamriel are actually built on top of the ruins of the ancient land of Hyrule. And it was just such a cool mod, and I loved it. So I started doing a Skyrim video series where I started collecting the items from that mod. And it was really cool. It actually got recognition from the mod uh maker and everything which I was pretty proud of uh but again it was on a YouTube channel where two different people were doing two different Skyrim uh series videos and they were two very different kinds so for people trying to figure out what exactly like for people trying to find my Skyrim uh mod videos they were looking and they were seeing him playing and they were getting confused and vice versa And it just got really confusing for people trying to come join the channel. And that was one of the other main reasons that I really think I decided to not do that. Um, But otherwise, me and Logan remained friends and we still talked on Discord. And I'm pretty sure we even recorded some videos after that. Uh, Specifically, some more Town of Salem ones. Because we were really big into that around that time that we uh, stopped doing Hoovy and Hyrulean. Um, And... I started a YouTube channel, Hats of Hyrule, and he cha- he rebranded the Huvian and Hyrulean channel to Gamers of Gallifrey, and uh, that channel's still up if you guys want to check it out. He hasn't uploaded in a long time because he's moved on to bigger and better things, uh, including college, but uh, it's still fun to go on there and look back. There's some Minecraft videos. Basically, all of the videos that were just me got unlisted from the channel and put into playlists so I can watch them. Um, but all of the videos that were just him are still up. And all the videos that were both of us are still up. And thankfully, I like nailed YouTube branding and I've kept the Hyrulean name for my entire time on YouTube. In Uh, The username itself I've actually kept for quite a while now, too. I've only had two usernames ever Um, And it was my first one that I used before I did YouTube and then once I started YouTube I decided I need to change my username To remove the numbers from it and make it sound more professional and that's when I picked up the Hyrulean username Uh, I never really talked about that now that I think about it. That would probably be a good topic for this video Uh, but yeah I started the Hats of Rule YouTube channel in early 2015, and it laid dormant for quite a while. Uh, I started recording a couple different series on it eventually. I think I started playing Corpse Party, and I started playing Minish Cap. Those videos have since been delisted uh, because they were awful, and I was trying to clean up my YouTube channel. They still exist, but I delisted them. Um, but. Uh yeah, for a while the channel was just kind of on and off, and that's basically what it is now. The most consistent thing that I do now is this podcast, but the YouTube channel itself has been mostly just uh brought down to whenever I want to make a meme or comment on something or say hello, I just upload. Um and I I it's that's kind of the way it was for the longest time up until, I want to say, summer of 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, in that time span, if I remember correctly, I think it was March of... March of 2018 was when I started live streaming. And live streaming is its whole own thing, and I'm going to talk about that more in depth. Uh, But that's when the Hats of Hyrule channel kind of shifted gears... And right before I started live streaming, I kind of decided to take away the, the more show aspect of the channel. And I was kind of like, eh. Hats of Hyrule just kind of makes it more like a, sh- a single show. It implies that there's a show, like a specific show. And there wasn't really a specific show. It was just me. And so I decided to rebrand the channel from Hats of Hyrule to just hyrule In like my username always has been and I changed it to reflect that which I think in the end was a very good move and that's where it's at right now I I tried so much different stuff over the years I remember there was a point and this was still back in the and Hyrulean days I want to say where I tried to start a podcast me and Logan tried to start a podcast and it was my podcast and it was called the Lens of Truth podcast And the lens of truth is, of course, from The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Uh, But a lot of contributing things led to that podcast failing. At that point, I did not live around Logan anymore. Um, So sitting down and recording a couple-hour-long podcast when you don't live next to the person and you're a kid going to school and having after-school activities and other friends and stuff like that is actually a really difficult task, it turns out. And so that lens of Truth podcast failed after the first episode. Only one episode ever came out. And I remember we just basically the. S- spended, we basically just spent the whole first episode of the Lens of Truth podcast, the first and only episode, uh, just talking about Katie Perry's boobs. Um, and I uploaded a highlight uh, to the Hooy and YouTube channel of that scene. And that actually ended up getting quite a bit of views because I put a picture of her boobs in the thumbnail. And, uh, so that was the time that I boob, one of the times where I boobed thumbnail clickbaited. Uh, there was another time during the live streaming era, but that's like the transitional period story, I guess. So yeah, there's no bad blood between me and Hoovy and we haven't chatted in a long time. Um, Literally, the last time we messaged each other was probably, like, a little under a year. It's been so long, and we have not talked consistently in so long. We just... We've moved to very different areas of our lives, and I'd love to rekindle things with him. It's just, you know, it's hard when you have very busy lives and very separate lives. But, yeah. So that's the transition period. Now we're going to move into the live stream period I kind of consider the live stream period to be the renaissance slash um like near popularity phase like my channel was the most popular during the live streaming phase and that's when I think it really hit its stride and so when we talk about that in the next part here I'm gonna have lots of thoughts about that so let's go ahead and hop right into that Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hold on there, Hyrulean. Um, Before you continue, you better list off some of your most popular videos or else I'm going to kick your ass. Okay, okay, fine, DJ, I will. Um, So anyway, I'm going to take a break between talking about uh, the end of and Hyrulean and the beginning of the the live streaming on the Hyrulean YouTube channel here uh, to talk about what some of my most popular videos over the years were. Um, there was one point where my most popular video, uh, was the, was called T-E-O-F-I-S Skyrim Lag Fix, and basically, at the time, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I was playing The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim on a MacBook, um, that I was given from school, and I downloaded Skyrim off of one of my friend's Steam accounts, he let me log in, this is before I had my Massive, uh, nearly 530 games Steam uh, library that I have now. And I downloaded Skyrim off of my friend's Steam account and I ran it on my MacBook through this program called Wine. And it barely worked, but it worked. And I was actually very impressed and I was very excited to actually finally get to play this game uh, because I would always go over to my friend's houses and they'd have it on their Xbox 360 and I was really excited to just get a chance to play this game, and like I said earlier um, in this episode, I recorded Skyrim on a MacBook. I recorded that. Uh, Those Skyrim uh, collection videos I did, the really, really early ones, were actually recorded on a 2013 MacBook Air, um, which is kind of crazy to think about, and I can't believe I actually played the game on that, Uh, but either way, that one of my most popular videos was that T-E-O-F-I-S Skyrim lag fix video, and it amassed a couple thousand views as far as I remember, um, and basically it was just me showing a console command I found online, uh, which reduces the amount of shaders that the game uses, and honestly, I kinda like the way it looked a little bit more in some instances with TEOFIS as I like to call it in the video, um, turned on, Because when it was turned on, it just disabled, like, Bloom and Blur and that kind of thing. And it actually kind of looked better in some instances. Of course, now we have Special Edition. And Special Edition, they completely overhauled the way the shaders look. And I have become a Vivid Weathers boy. And my preferred way to play Skyrim now is with Vivid Weathers on. Um, But back then, T.O. Fist not only did it give me, like, a 5 to 10 frame rate per second boost, um, it also just didn't make the game look that much worse. And so I made a YouTube video about it, and I guess a lot of other people were also looking for a way to make Skyrim run better on their computer. And, uh, yeah, so it did. And they got it working better on their computer because of that video, I think. Um, And that video amassed quite a bit of views. And then my next video that amassed a large sum of views was I made a video on how to set up the Game Boy Advance emulator, MGBA. Which I still use to this day, by the way. MGBA is an amazing emulator um, for PC. And if you own the Game Boy Advance games and you want to play them on your PC at a higher resolution, you should definitely check MGBA out. I want to make an updated tutorial at some point, along with maybe some more tutorials. I really have a hankering to make some tutorial videos. Uh, But it's, it's just not really the kind of thing that I've done before properly, so I'd have to sit down and really focus on making them decent tutorials. Um, But that MGBA tutorial video actually amassed, I believe, a 1,000 views as well. Um, And other than that, there was one more video that was fairly popular, uh, and this is my most popular video to date. I made an IGN meme uh, because the IGN Snapchat uh, posted a quiz on their Snapchat page where it was like, uh, which of these is not a Johto region starter in Pokemon? And it had like, uh, Cyndaquil, uh, Chikorita and Totodile and Mudkip. And obviously Mudkip is a Hoenn starter, not a jo- a Johto starter. So that was the correct answer. But then it says, like, Chikorita or something like that, and it was just wrong. And at the time, it was really popular to shit on IGN, and it still kind of is. So I recorded that um, off of my phone, and I edited it up with the Curb Your Enthusiasm song, and I posted it on YouTube, and I also shared it on the Reddit page. um, What Reddit page was it? Was it YouTube Haiku? I think it was YouTube Haiku I shared it on. And it got 5,000 views. And that's like my most popular video to date. And it's all because I was shitting on IGN. So thank you IGN for being an easy target for a small YouTuber to make a shitty meme video on and get 5,000 views. Um, And those are my most popular videos, at least as far as I remember. I don't think there's any other ones that surprisingly like blew up out of nowhere like those. Um, So I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, let's get back to the timeline here. So near the end of March 2018, I, uh, I decided to move my YouTube channel into the direction of live streaming, and after some debate on whether or not I should use Twitch or YouTube streaming, I eventually decided to use YouTube live streaming uh, due to the fact that the streams were automatically uploaded onto my YouTube channel as videos uh, without any extra hassle for me. They were just automatically uploaded. And they shared the same title as the stream. You could view the chat. It was just very simple, very straightforward. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, Content for the channel. Very low effort. And that's the truth about live streaming. Basic live streaming where you just turn on the stream, play the game, talk to chat, turn off the stream. Is the easiest content you will ever make. And I can tell you that from experience. I put so much time and effort into making what I thought at the time and what was to me at the time high quality YouTube content uh, where I sat down and recorded for you know an hour or whatever and then cut it up into the best 20 minute chucks I could find um, just for those videos to get like seven views and it, it was such a bummer it, it really started to drain on me and it almost made me quit making YouTube videos altogether for the simple fact that I was not having fun doing it anymore. But live streaming completely reinvigorated my draw to making YouTube content. I, uh, I decided to start live streaming uh, be, one day when I was playing Breath of the Wild. And I made it my goal in Breath of the Wild to finish all of the shrines in the game. And I knew there was a lot left for me to find... Uh, and I thought about recording them, and I was like, ooh, I could record me completing each shrine, uh, throughout the rest of the game, and the plan was to just record a video, one video per shrine, of me beating each shrine, and then after I recorded myself, uh, playing a couple of the shrines through, uh, I noticed that it was just a lot of me, uh, being confused, not knowing what to do, and... Not, watching somebody not know how to do something in a game is not very fun to watch especially when you're watching somebody n- not knowing what they're doing and you know what to do you guys have probably experienced this before it's called it's commonly referred to backseat it's commonly referred to as backseat gaming uh, and it's when you know what to do in a game and somebody's playing through the game blind and they don't know what to do Um, So then you tell them what to do or you're infuriated because you know what to do and they don't. And I felt like a lot of my Shrine videos that I tried to record were very prone to people watching them and just being frustrated that I wasn't smart enough to figure out the puzzles fast enough. And honestly, they just weren't funny. I wasn't making jokes. I was just playing through the level and I was like, oh, here's a button. What's this button do? Oh, it opens this door. Oh, but when I move off the button, the door closes. How do I make the door stay open? And it just really wasn't very entertaining. So I was like, well, I'll just live stream me playing through these shrines. And people on the live stream can, A, give me a little uh, push to help me figure out some of the puzzles. And B... It's a fucking live stream. It can be as long as I want, and I won't care if I'm doing bad as long as I'm having fun. So I decided to start live streaming them, and if you go back and look for those early Shrine Hunt live streams, they are on the Hyrulean YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Hyrulean. I would not recommend it. They're not very great, and uh, there's just a lot of unprofessional crap in them, like mean realizing my mic was muted for like 30 minutes and shit like that same with the original wind waker series when i played through wind waker on the gamecube the second half of that i'm really proud of but the first half of that was just a fucking disaster and it was very unprofessional it just was not very good in terms of the quality that being said It did help me dip my toes into live streaming, and I do not regret it one bit. It was so much fun. I had a shit ton of fun live streaming, as I'm about to go into. Um, And the Shrine Hunt live streams did possibly give me my favorite moment that I ever captured um, (laughs) on any video, ever. Uh, There's a moment in one of the live streams, um, and... At the time of uploading it, I did not think it was very funny because it was happening to me. It wasn't until a couple months later and my friend Ethan, um, who's also one of the three estimated people who actually actively watch each episode of my podcast, shout out to Ethan, uh, was like, hey, I was watching your live stream video and (laughs) I saw the part where you got Szechuan sauce in your jacket. And the story behind that, it was such a funny part. You should go search it out. I believe it's in, it's in like number 13 of the Shrine Hunt or something like that. If it even got to 13, it's either three or 13 or something like that. Um, and the Shrine is the one on the beach. If you're trying to f- scrub through and find it. I'll, if I ever get the chance, I'll come back to this topic and I'll tell you exactly where it is. But basically I was live streaming myself completing this Shrine on a Beach and my room that I lived in at my parents' house was so messy. Like, the floor was covered in crap. And I was... My sweatshirt was on the back of my chair. And it fell off my chair while I was live streaming. And I didn't realize because I had my headphones in. Um, And then I rolled my chair back to get up for a break. <laughs> and I rolled over my pockets to my sweatshirt. And uh, we had gotten back from a class trip because I was a senior that year at school. Um, And we had gotten back from a senior class trip uh, to a big city the night before that live stream took place. And we'd stopped at McDonald's on the way home, and I'd gotten Szechuan sauce, and I hadn't had the opportunity to try it until then. So I made sure to grab a couple extra ones and take them home with me so I could try them on some other chicken nuggets and hold on to them, maybe save a couple of them since they're kind of historic. And now you can't find them anywhere. I really wish I would have still had them. Um, And, yeah, the sweatshirt fell off the back of my chair. And as I was rolling back my chair to get out and go to the bathroom during a break, I rolled over the Szechuan sauce in my pocket and it exploded all over my keys that were also in that same pocket and the sweatshirt itself. And you can just hear me die on the inside as I, uh, reach into my pocket and I get my keys out and they're just so sticky. And I'm just like, Oh God, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, Oh oh, no. And Watching it back, it's one of the funniest moments in my entire time on YouTube, and a lot of my buddies thought it was very entertaining too, and they always like to bring it up to give me shit about it, but that was such a fun thing that happened, and it was all captured on that live stream, and it was one of my very early live streams, and it was really something, but yeah, let's get into the part where I actually started gaining a bit of popularity, not a lot, mind you, but I did have a couple of live streams that hit 300 concurrent viewers, and damn was I proud of that. So eventually, after playing Breath of the Wild for a while, and finishing up all the rest of the shrines, I uh, I then moved on to playing The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker on the stream. And uh, that went pretty well, minus a couple of the first episodes having some technical difficulties. I specifically remember I played through the first chunk of Dragon Roost Island in Wind Waker without recording my audio because my my microphone was muted and I didn't realize because there was no one in chat to tell me that it was muted. So all of that first part of Dragon Roost Island, my mic was muted, which was a bit of a bummer. But otherwise, the rest of that series went fairly well and I actually quite enjoyed playing it on the channel um because in case you didn't know uh Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game and now I've beat it seven times which is pretty sweet uh that was the sixth time and then when I beat Wind Waker HD on the stream that was the seventh time I beat it um but yeah pretty awesome and so after that is when I moved on to what I like to think of as the magnum opus to my YouTube channel. Like, everything I've ever done, nothing has topped this, and probably nothing will ever top that. And that, of course, was The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Um, That series started right smack dab in the middle of my last summer. I, uh... Or I guess it wouldn't have been my... Yeah, it would have been my last summer It was my last summer before I moved on to college And my life became my own to be in control of It was my last summer as a child Uh, The last summer where I wasn't worrying about financials And I didn't even have a job to worry about at the time Because I had stopped uh, working Because I was going to be moving to college soon So I was like, alright, I guess I'll stop working now um, so I literally just had that summer to my devices. I got to do whatever I wanted, and it was my last summer that I spent as a kid. And, uh, what did I do with all that? I decided to fucking live stream it all. Livestream the entire summer. I probably played two, through, like, three games all on stream. And the first one was Twilight Princess, and like I said previously... Uh, That's probably my magnum opus for my YouTube channel. That's hands down probably the most fun I ever had recording any game for that channel. And the most uh, interactive and fun experience I've ever had making YouTube content. And I really, really wish I could recapture it. But there's no way I ever will, I don't think. Um, But basically the way that went is uh, probably like an episode or two into... Twilight Princess uh a guy that I still talk to occasionally um and I still have as a friend on Switch Jirai, uh started messaging in the chat and this was definitely around like the second episode because I was doing the the temple the first the first dungeon um with the monkey in Twilight Princess and he started typing in the chat and asked me how I was doing and we were like talking back and forth using the game as sort of like a background and it was pretty fun Um, and then I got the idea to start doing character voices and this is where like it kind of became really interesting I just decided to start being fucking crazy and I started doing random character voices Uh, it all started with me talking about how my, uh, my YouTube channel was being commented on by this guy, uh, called Pro Gaming TV, uh, and it was basically this little kid from Germany who was telling me that my YouTube channel was trash, and, uh, that my videos were no good, and it was so funny to me, and I just got a great, great old laugh out of it, um, and so, on that Twilight Princess live stream where I was doing that temple, I uh, I actually pulled up the video clip <laughs> and I was watching... Sorry, I'm just laughing because it was such a funny thing. Um, he literally was commenting on my YouTube channel like, your videos are bad, dude. And I went to his YouTube channel. It's just, they're all in German. And this kid literally filmed with his phone like... uh, it, His phone was sideways but it must have had rotation lock on. So... It still filmed it, like, up and down, but sideways, if you get what I'm meaning. So, literally, like, the the video footage, if he would have flipped it uh, in post and made it so it was horizontal, it would have been fine. But it was vertical, but he was holding the phone correctly, but, it, but the video was recorded vertically. And it just looked so bad, and he was talking... I couldn't understand a single word he was saying, obviously, because it was in German... Uh, but he was talking about Hyrule Warriors, and I was like, "Oh, (laughs) oh my god, so then I started, I came up with this idea to make like a knockoff version of this kid, um, and I started doing a voice for him, and I started having him interject into the live stream occasionally, uh, and, um, so then I was, like, I was just live-streaming, and then all of a sudden I'd be, like, Hi, <laughs> Rolian, what are you doing? And I'm like, fucking, I don't remember the exact voice, but it was, like, so, it was so dumb. It was really dumb. I just did this little kid voice, like, this little kid pro-gamer voice, uh, and it was, it was really something, and apparently it was... Mediocrely entertaining. Uh, But from there, that's kind of where it really took off. Um, I had a couple people join the stream and they heard me doing my stupid voice, and they liked it enough to hang around for a little bit. Uh, And I owe a lot of my very small, keep in mind, like I'm still only at like 100 subscribers basically. Uh, But I still consider it small success. I consider all of my small success to be mostly given to me uh, by a YouTuber slash Twitch streamer named Dan Marchetti. Uh, You guys should definitely go check him out. Um, I don't remember what his Twitch... I think his Twitch is the T Lounge now. I think he's, like, trying to rebrand himself a little bit. But you guys should definitely go look him up. I'm sure if you search Dan... Marchetti, you'll find it or just search like Dan T or Man at T and that's that's one of his uh YouTube channels is Man at T where he does tea room reviews um and he was live streaming a lot of Nintendo games around that time on YouTube before he eventually moved to Twitch um and basically he liked to raid people after the end of his streams And since YouTube streaming is not very popular, um, the actual people, the amount of people streaming, like, Nintendo games is very small, and especially the ones, like, I was playing. Like, he was playing Twilight Princess, and he went on the YouTube live streaming section to see, uh, who else was playing Twilight Princess so he could send his viewers over to a Twilight Princess stream. And I was the only other person on YouTube Live playing Twilight Princess. So he sent his viewers over to my stream and raided me. And that probably happened, like, in the middle of my stream, approximately. Uh, right when I was starting to feel, like, kind of, uh, And then all of a sudden, like, 40 people would start watching my live stream. And that was, like, all I needed to have a big boost in confidence and to keep going and uh it was really something and i'm really grateful shout out to dan again i'm pretty sure his twitch is the tea lounge now um but if you search man at tea or dan marchetti on youtube you'll definitely find him uh he's a really good guy and uh he helped me out when i was doing my live streaming immensely so i appreciate that and uh Yeah, for the longest time, it was just kind of, like, a back and forth between um, me live streaming different, like, GameCube games, like, I did Twilight Princess, I did Mario Sunshine, I did Mario Odyssey for a little bit, uh, doing, like, Balloon Hunt and stuff, and Dan was always playing, like, similar games to me, so he would send his viewers over to my stream, and again, there's not a lot of people that stream on YouTube live, so he was kind of limited on options when it came to who to actually, uh, send his viewers to, uh, but I'm very grateful that he chose to send them to me sometimes, and it was, those streams where he raided me were actually, like, my best streams, um, and honestly, it was really sweet, and I beat Twilight Princess, and, uh, out of Twilight Princess came, like, probably four different character voices that I did, so I did, Super Gamer Boy 37 XD, um, I did ASMR Angela, where I turned my microphone onto uh, the left and right mode, where if I talk into the left side, it goes into the left channel of audio, and I talk into the right side, it does the right channel of audio, and I did ASMR, like shitty parody ASMR while I was recording, uh, while I was live streaming Twilight Princess. I remember there was this one part where I was doing the shitty ASMR during the iron boots section where you're uh, magnetized to the ceiling and you're stomping around in the iron boots. And i that's what made me think of it. I was like, oh, freaking iron, iron boots stomping around. That's so loud and obnoxious. I need to do something for that. I'm going to do ASMR <laughs> to offset these iron boot stomps. And then I remember there was a... Uh, A fisherman character. I think it was Fisherman Steve. Uh, Surfer Josh was a character. Where I... uh, He was like your surf bro. Honestly, it was just a bunch of weird shit. And uh, very cringy to look back on. But I think that's what most of the people that watched my YouTube live streams during that time actually came for. Was my shitty voices. (laughs) But I had so much fun doing it. And over that time period, I beat so many games, and I played so many games, and I had so much fun, and at the end of that summer, I moved uh, to college for the first time. Check out my college stories episode if you want to hear about my time at the big universities, Um, but that basically caused me to have a roommate and be busy with school, and I just did not have enough time to stream as much as I used to, so... It's sort of I sort of fell off, and it's really a bummer. Um, but at least out of that time, I became friends with Ian. I became friends with Jari, Dan, uh, and of course you can't forget Kexen, um, another person who raided me a couple of times at least, and uh, was always talking in chat and chatting stuff because I streamed in the mornings right after he got off from doing his live streams overnight. Uh, And that's Nintagious. If you guys want to check out another YouTube channel that supported me back in the day when I was live streaming, Nintagious, he streams every night, basically. Um, And he's still definitely live streaming. And I drop into his chat and lurk sometimes and watch his streams. So you guys should definitely check out Nintagious. But otherwise, um, my live streaming actually really truly peaked for when, uh, E3 happened during that summer, um, and that was actually quite early into it, if I'm being honest with you, that was June-ish, but I had my most popular live stream during that time, and, um, before E3's Nintendo live stream happened, I did, uh, E3 Bonfire slash pre-show Um, where I basically, I played a bit of Hyrule Warriors, um, and then after that, I literally just gathered a shit ton of ingredients in Breath of the Wild that had a bonfire in someone's house, and that live stream, because of the hype for E3 and everybody looking for the YouTube stream of the actual E3 broadcast, ended up getting me 300 concurrent viewers, And it was the most I'd ever had, and it is, to this day, the most I've ever had. And it's nuts. And, uh, that was when my live streams really peaked. I remember my normal, my usual, like, everyday guys would come into the stream. Um, and then they were like, what the fuck, there's 300 people here now? And they were like, do the voices, do the voices. I'm like, oh god, I don't want to do the voices in front of 300 people live. It'd be one thing if it was just us boys hanging out, but no, it was 300 people. It was insane. Um, And so, yeah, that was like my live streaming era, I guess, basically summarized. That was the course of like about six months, just sort of summarized into a brief little segment here. But that's how my live streaming went. Again, it was a really, really fun time, and I enjoyed it so much. Um, and now we've fully transitioned out of that, and now we're transitioned into, I guess, the current era, which started, uh, probably mid-2018, and now it's been two years. It's literally been almost two years since I had that live streaming fun, or it has been exactly two years now that I think about it, because it's the summer of 2020, and that was the summer of 2018, so that was two years ago. Wow. That's insane to think about. But yeah, um, and now we're going to move into the modern era, which is the last two years of my YouTube time. Alrighty, folks, it's time for yet another Switch recommendation. I know we haven't had one of these in a little while. Um, Today I'm going to go ahead and recommend the latest and greatest from Nintendo themselves. Clubhouse Games, Worldwide Classics, 51 Classics from Around the World, super long title, the video game. Uh, honestly, I saw this game and I was like, eh, that looks like it'd be really fun, but I'm not going to like pre-order it or anything. I'll just pick it up when I have time. Uh, and I had to take a trip into the city to get a haircut and do some general fluff. And I decided to pick it up because we had to run into walmart even though i didn't really want to run into walmart and uh i was like well might as well make the most out of the trip and go ahead and pick up clubhouse games for the switch and in case you folks didn't know the last clubhouse games game to release in the series of games uh was on the nintendo ds and so this is the return of the king for this series uh, and honestly, it's a really good fucking game. Uh, basically, the way it works is it's a simple board game slash, uh, arcade-style game slash all sorts of different games collection. Uh, you can think of it almost as, like, a mini game collection on fucking steroids. Uh, and you get 51, technically 52 different games, uh... Because the 52nd game is actually a piano you can play. So it turns your Switch into a little touchscreen piano like everybody used to do on the iPad back in the day. Uh, But otherwise, the rest are 51 games apparently from around the world. And there's stuff like uh, Last Card, which is basically Uno. There's Match 4, which is Connect 4. You have backgammon you have dots and boxes you have chess checkers uh there's a reversi game on there i don't remember what they call it i think they call it they call it something weird but it's reversi uh there's a bunch of card games like a shit ton of card games they have uh texas hold'em and blackjack for poker they have two different types of solitaire klondike and uh spider solitaire They have two different versions of Mahjong, Mahjong Solitaire, and the original Mahjong. They have Shogi and Mini Shogi and a bunch of other games. And honestly, there's a lot of variety on there, and there sure is a lot of fucking fun games. And they introduced, like, a sequel to Wii Sports Bowling. There's a bowling game on there, and it's the only one that's not, uh, out of the sports games included on there, it's the only one that's not a toy version. Like, they have toy soccer Uh, toy baseball toy golf but the bowling game is literally just bowling and it plays and feels very very similar to the classic Wii Sports bowling but with a modern more switch like taste to it and the only thing that I have to say about the bowling game that takes a little bit of getting used to is um when you go to throw the ball uh which is where you like grab it and you pull your arm back and you swing it forward In Wii Sports you let go of the button which felt really really nice and it really felt like you were letting go of the ball and throwing it for some reason for uh, Clubhouse Games version of bowling they decided to make it safe to hold the button all the way through your swing and it takes a little while to get used to if you're coming from Wii Sports because it just doesn't feel as natural as the Wii Sports bowling did um, but Clubhouse Games is a very budgety title. If I remember correctly, I think it was $40. Um, and it's genuinely just really, really fun. And there's so many different ways to play. You can just play with the touch screen with no Joy-Cons if you want. Uh, you can play with two Joy-Cons, uh, multiplayer. You can play same-system multiplayer, uh, local multiplayer. There's internet multiplayer for each, for a, a good variety of the games. Uh... And the games are fairly simple and straightforward, and a lot of them I'd never played before, but I tried them on Clubhouse Games and I had a lot of fun. So if you're looking for something fun and simple to play on your Switch, maybe you have an older person in your house or a more casual gamer in your house, this is perfect for those kinds of people too. Or you just want some basic board game fun with your friends. I definitely recommend you check out Clubhouse Games. Thanks for listening to this Switch recommendation, folks. I hope to get more of them out in the future. I already have a couple in the docket. I'm, I'm playing through Bug Fables at the moment, and I want to talk about that one here in the next couple episodes or so. So, uh, yeah, I'll be back with that hopefully in one of the future episodes. Thanks for listening to today's recommendation. <music> So where are we now in the modern era of my YouTube channel? Well, I'll tell you where. Um, basically, nowadays, the only videos and live streams I do are A, if I have time and nothing going on um, in an empty house, or B, if there's some important video game release that I want to share a meme or talk about briefly. Other than that, the only thing I'm really active in doing online now is this podcast, which... Is not going to lie, kind of depressing. But this era hasn't been too bad. Um, I released that Handle video that I spent a lot of time working on. And I really enjoyed that one. Um, And honestly, it was just a really fun time making it. And it didn't get a lot of views. So definitely head on over to youtube.com forward slash Hyrulean. And check out the Handle video. That one was so much fun to make. Um, And then... Uh, Other than that, I've made a couple videos here and there. Like, I made a video a couple days before Animal Crossing New Horizons came out um, that I edited, and it was pretty fun. And uh, my YouTube channel has kind of just become upload random shit whenever I feel like it zone, as opposed to uh, my live streams, which I did eventually move over to Twitch um, since they were so infrequent. Twitch was kind of a better experience for just doing random live streams here and there that I didn't really care about uploading, and, uh, yeah, I've been doing live streams of coding on there, but that's about it, otherwise, really, this podcast is all that's, uh, really been going on in terms of my YouTube stuff, so yeah, um, I definitely appreciate everybody for watching this podcast, it's... It's been pretty fun to make, like I said. Um, and honestly, guys, that probably about does it for this episode of the Switched Podcast. I know, uh, this podcast was just kind of me talking about myself, so hopefully it was still somewhat interesting. I could go all sorts of down tons of different pages talking about how I collaborated with friends over the years. And, uh all sorts of different miniature events, but I thought I'd keep it pretty streamlined and just the big things that happen and the different eras of my YouTube channel. And honestly, who knows what's going to come next? Will this podcast become its own era? Will my YouTube channel rise again and have a brand new era that I don't expect it to have? Only time will tell, but yeah. It's been really fun chatting with you guys today. I hope you have a fantastic day. And... Uh, I'll see you all real soon. Bye-bye.